right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome. We're a PlayStation podcast, and this is episode 271. You heard that right, 271 episodes into the show. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with all of it, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash PS This Is Awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. And as always, you can write our show at Gmail, which is pstisisawesome at gmail.com. You can also leave comments on the YouTube channel, or if you're a member of the Patreon, you can talk to us there. Most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Make sure you leave comments. Help us get out there in the algorithm rate the podcast as you see fit as a reminder we're a video podcast so you can watch the show on youtube and uh, for new and long-time listeners we have a patreon you can support us for one dollar a month the level is called the one and only one dollar club so head over to www.patreon.com slash ps this is awesome and you can become a one dollar patron and we will mail you a free die cut vinyl sticker in the mail and give you a shout out on our show. It's your way of saying thank you to us. And uh, once in a while, most often than not, you'll get the show a day or two early. But we do not make the promise that that will happen. With that out of the way, Jake, how are you this lovely Saturday cold morning? Um, feeling kind of shitty, to be honest with you. But <laughs> <Yeah. I'm> here, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to do my best. But uh, I don't know why. If it's the weather or if it's um, because of the storms and the power outage and stuff, our uh, our playoffs for my hockey tour- my hockey league got compressed. So mm. I played four four games in five days. So I'm fucking pretty yeah. beat. Well, from what I, I heard, that has something to do with it. From what I, I heard, you must be uh, allergic to winning because I hear somebody took home a trophy. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. I ran into yeah, I ran into Chelsea at the bar after we won the championship on Thursday night. That is so funny. Yeah, it, uh, it was a fun time, dude. It, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's like it's it's cool to be part of something like that in adulthood. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like where you can kind where of you can still win at life. <laughs> well, I just mean. Not not necessarily winning, but just like having something where you're a part of a, a team and you're doing something fun together mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. and it's it's not like work. Right. You know what I mean? You're not like working for money or working on your house or it's not a responsibility, but yet it's an organized kind of like team thing, so you're you feel like a little bit of an obligation to go, but like you want to go because you love it. And then like, there's a camaraderie there. Like these guys, you know, know, a lot of times I'll go four months, five months without seeing them Mm -hmm. because we don't really talk that much over the summer. But like during the season, we're all like best friends. It's really, it's really interesting how, uh, how that kind of dynamic works. And it's something that like, if you played sports as a kid, maybe you, took for granted a little bit because when you're a kid it's all about playing and friends and fun and all that kind of shit but like as an adult you don't really think about it so um or you don't really get that opportunity so right so being a part of that <clears throat> was kind of cool and having a chance to like 
fight and win something stupid as stupid as even like a beer league championship was pretty pretty cool because we do like we do have a trophy and everything and you get your name put on it and all that stuff so we had a good time um thursday night after we we uh won the ship as it were so funny because chelsea came home and she goes you won't believe who i saw and i was like who and I guess a couple names. She's like, no. She goes, Jake. She goes, he must have been with his hockey team because they all came storming through with the trophy and they were all going ballistic. They were all going ballistic and they were drinking out of the cup and everything. And I was like, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> I had this crazy imagery in my head of you guys just charging through. But somehow in my head, you guys were still all dressed in hockey gear. Like, just like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> so no, it, it, uh, I I didn't. There was no fucking way you were going to get me to drink out of that cup. That thing was so filthy. But it's like, so funny. Some of the other guys on the team, it was it was pretty fucking fun. Pretty fucking funny to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, well, you definitely it, just, yeah, it's a, you sound under the weather, and I, and I bet you it's it's a combination of everything we you just said. It's just your your body's trying to recover, and you know if you were out and about, I don't know how. You know, Chelsea goes out with her friends quite a bit still, and I don't know how she doesn't get sick because there's a lot of sickness out there. COVID's still out there, and it's just like one of those things where it's just like, man, you're just exposing yourself to all that. Um, the only thing that I have relatable, dude, is is playing music with you guys and one of by land, like doing something fun. But there, it feels like work, though, even though it's fun. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I just feel like... I'm a little more on the business end of it more than you guys because I try to orchestrate all the shows and keep my connections and stuff and then promote the crap out of it. And I'm doing like the, the, I don't know, t-shirt. I haven't done a lot of that stuff in a while, t-shirts and merch and stuff. But um, yeah, but it is, I think the the most enjoyable part, I think we would all agree is actually just probably when we're playing on stage. Like that's, that's probably the most fun and just going to the gigs. Like when you're there, I think that's the fun part. Yeah, it's weird. The one thing about music that that you don't get though is like there's no there's no competition. Like you're you're That's competing true. with yourself or like almost kind of like the audience in a way. Mm, mm-hmm. Like you're competing to for their approval yeah, or right, whatever. Right, right, right. But their like um, it's mostly about competing with yourself to create something challenge yeah. um, impressive, which is a, a kind of like a different a different. Um, pile together and competing with another you know yeah I mean? entity right yeah well i don't know but man i'm pretty competitive it's more mental it's, it's just more mental less physical you know what I yeah mean? i'm trying to just <clears throat> defeat all the other musicians in the area just build my empire so that's my competition no, i'm just kidding <laughs> but uh yeah dude cool well i i uh made some progress in the bathroom and uh uh man everything's out of there I, I sent you – did you even see what was going on in that picture? Like did I explain that to you? Like I can't believe – so for those who don't know, I've been renovating – well, gutting our full bathroom. And uh, Chelsea has been helping me, my wife. And uh, she's been kind of tuckered the last couple of days, so I've just kind of been going at it. And I wasn't sure if I felt comfortable pulling the tub out on my own. I didn't have I didn't have a drain wrench. My dad had one. Um, one of those things to get like the, the tub drain out, you know, you get – grabs those crosshairs and it i didn't want to go buy one just yep. for that but we got one get it all unhooked i got the backsplash out i had to cut that up <clears throat> with the sawzall but then i get to the tub dude and there is an access to 
<laughs> to, to the shutoffs and everything for the tub, like like there should be, but it's through the closet. And anytime I've gotten down there and looked in there, it it always looked, or I knew that it looked like somebody sprayed either great stuff down in there or like spray insulation foam. Because we had an addition put on our house, and I knew they had to run new wiring and stuff um, for that. But dude, it's it's like the worst situation as possible. So I'm trying to pull the tub, and I'm giving it everything. Like it's all disconnected. I've used the pry bars. It ain't fucking coming up from the floor. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on here? So I can look down two things. Um, whoever, whoever put that great stuff, insulation foam, whatever in that space under the floor in the bathroom is a complete idiot. And whoever ran the wiring is an absolute, they, they deserve some sort of stupid metal like because they have they have a live electric wire running directly underneath my tub and uh it the the wire you know like if you're trying to uh sweep and use the sweeper and the cord gets caught on shit and you're like ah, i can j- i can get i can go a little further i can just m- pull this thing a little further and then it's like you go around the corner and it's like as taut as it fucking possibly can be before it pulls out of the electric outlet, this fucking wire, electric wire, goes all the way from under my tub, and then they have like some sort of like bracing two by four in there, and it almost does a perfect 90 degree turn, but it is so fucking taut. It's like, why didn't you just get new Romex and just fucking run it so it's not like this? But no, what they did is they decided they were just going to spray foam insulated in place so that maybe water can't get to it. I don't know. It's the most inaccessible fucking thing in the world. So I'm trying to pull this tub up, and I'm like, oh, I'll just cut it. And I'm like, no, I can't because there's a live wire under there. And I don't know what the wire runs to. So I can hit all the breakers and kill all the power in my house and then try to cut this thing out. But I don't want to ruin the wire in case I'm, it's being used. And, dude, the people who come in to do this, number one, I probably saved myself $600 by pulling that tub out myself because I had to cut the bathtub in half where it was. And then I had to get a, a literal sledgehammer and, and beat the shit out of the back end of it. And then I got a part, like a place where I could get enough like grab on it. And then I had to get crowbars and just pry it from the foam insulation underneath slowly. But my crowbars were like only this long. So I'm like and lifting with everything. And eventually it fucking came unstuck. And then I still had the other half to do. It took me three and a half hours to pull the tub out. After it was already all disconnected. Like, unbelievable. I don't know. The spray foam actually makes sense. The wire does not. But the spray foam actually makes sense. They probably used that to level the tub. I think they did. But, I think they did. But the, the running the wire across the floor underneath your bathtub is fucking stupid. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. So, And I don't even know if the I'm, – I'm assuming the wire is live. Like, That's if it wasn't, why wouldn't they just fucking pull it? I don't know. So I'm really worried about that. Um, I don't know. It is really stupid. So we'll see what happens. But I had to chew up so much of that insulation foam. I'm sure they can re-level it when they put in the new tub. But – Dude, I'm just so annoyed by the whole by that whole thing. So my back screaming. I got very bad sleep, and uh, I just, uh, dude, I had a really weird dream. I have to tell you after after the show. It's probably it's not really pertinent. It's not like it's taboo or anything. I just not the listeners wouldn't get it. Um, but I, the other thing is, uh, I uh, 
Wanted to talk real quick because listeners know I like G.I. Joe so much. Um, and then this is a little show and tell. So this is uh, – Sergeant Slaughter had a group of guys named the Slaughter Marauders. So if you see this guy, this is uh, Barbecue. And uh, this is the Slaughter Marauder version. But they call it the Mad Marauders. And uh, you can see the back here. But the thing that's crazy about Hasbro packaging – these are like the six-inch figures. They're called the Classified Series. They used to have all of this used to just be plastic and you could see through and actually see the figure. And then they tried to go like, oh, we'll just put the artwork on the front and make it eco-friendly. You know what I mean? I get it. But like when you're a collector and you don't open these, it really sucks when you can't even see the thing that you bought. Um, So like they've rolled it back now. And Hasbro made a big announcement that in 2024, all of the classifieds are going back to like the, the see-through plastic because they must have lost a ton of sales. The fun thing is, is that there's going to be a little, there's going to be a few of these that don't have the see-through and uh, they're probably going to be worth something down the road. Just an FYI. Weird though. It's a neat little, uh, I mean, I was like all about it because I was like, oh, save the environment. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. It's, it's a smart move. You know, we don't need the plastics. You use the cardboard. And then I'm like, it kind of sucks to own these. And then if I don't want to open them, I just have this fucking box and I can't even look at the figure that I own. <laughs> it's like kind of annoying. So it defeats the purpose. Um, so I'm glad they're going back to that. But um, how about we shut up and talk about, how about I shut up and talk about some games that we've been playing every show. We talk about video games, PlayStation games that we've been diving into. And due to my bathroom renovation, I've been doing a lot of gaming. I told the, the listeners last episode and you, Jake, that I was playing Life is Strange True Colors. I beat it. Um, it was good. It was good. I, I don't know, man. I, I hate it when games like this, I, I guess I don't hate it. I guess it just doesn't, it doesn't resonate with me. Like when one of the main options is who do you want to start a relationship with? And I'm just like, I don't really care about that. Um, there were some other parts, though, in the, in this game that were really good. It got a little weird the last chapter. Um, there was like this big twist at the end without spoiling anything. And uh, the last chapter of the game was just kind of what you would expect it to be. And uh, just kind of wraps everything up. So it was probably like three hours too long. They probably could have done it in one, one less chapter. But I liked the game a lot. I thought it was really good. Great soundtrack. Um, Fen Lily has a song on there. I know Chelsea really likes her. Sarah would probably really like Fen Lily. She's really good. Uh, she's got a great voice. Um, you'd probably like her too, Jake. And then uh, Phoebe Bridges has a song on there. And there's a couple songs um, from artists I didn't recognize. But overall, man, I really enjoyed this game. Um, I'm downloading Returnal right now. And I am downloading Metro Exodus, the PS5 version. Because uh, I think it got deleted at some point. And then I'm also downloading Intergrad, Final Fantasy VII Intergrad, Grade, Grad, Grade, Grad, whatever it is. So that's where I'm at in my life with video games. I really want Resident Evil 4, but I got to pinch pennies with this bathroom project. So I'm kind of waiting to see how much hurting it puts on us. But uh, Jake, what are you playing? Um, so... <clears throat> I kind of finished up Hogwarts Legacy and other and I started playing Ghostwire Tokyo. So that's kind of what I've been playing all week. Um it's pretty cool. I I really like it. The it defaults it's kind of interesting. It defaults to the Japanese dialogue. Mm-hmm. 
which is which is interesting. The game is very Japanese. Like it's all it's in Tokyo. It's all Japanese like lore and fiction and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, Japanese <clears throat> like demons and yokai and all this kind of crap. But uh, <clears throat> it's really interesting. The the like powers that you have. When I first saw the trailer where he's like throwing shit around with his hands and stuff, I was like, oh, this looks kind of hokey. Mm-hmm. But um, it actually play, plays okay. Um, they, you also have like a bow that you can use, which is a more conventional weapon. And the game is very... The city is large, and there's like a lot of stuff to kind of do, just like side little side missions and collecting all these souls and all of this stuff. I'm not really sure too much like what the hell is going on, but I'm enjoying playing it. It's very it's really atmospheric. <laughs> um it controls kind of wonky. Mm-hmm. So I, I end up using the auto aiming a lot, which is to me if if a game needs like snap aiming, it's it's kind of indicative that it just doesn't control very well. Right. Like Deus Ex but, was uh, like that. Yeah. Yeah. But um I don't know. It's 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 cool. I wish there were more. Now I, I'm only maybe five hours into it, so maybe there's more of this stuff in the future. But I wish there were more like platforming abilities, mm-hmm. like that you have this because the city is very vertical. Like you can get up on the tops of buildings to find. Like you had you have to to find these souls and stuff. You basically have two abilities for platforming. One is like if there's these. There's these passive winged demon things that are just kind of hovering in the sky, and you could shoot like a grappling hook at them and like mm-hmm. launch yourself up on top of a building. And then there's another thing where you can, if you jump, you can float for so many seconds before you fall. Well, there's only so many of these, like, they don't have one of these like little flying things on every building, they're only every, every, so often you come across one. So it's not like you can just jump on top of any building. It's like certain ones you have to pick like a thing and grapple to it and fly up there. Um, and then like the float and then like the glide ability that you have, it's like a few seconds. Mm. So you can like jump and glide for a few seconds and then you just fall to the earth. Now it doesn't, you don't die if you fall from a rooftop or anything, but, um, I don't know. Like, I just wish because the city is so vertical, I kind of wish that there was more, more ability to kind of like be vertical and like go up and down and all this kind of stuff. Maybe with some more, even if it was more like um, dying light style parkour mm-hmm. or or some way to like scale buildings that doesn't require a ladder or one of these like yokai things, um, but. The enemies are really cool. The atmosphere is really awesome. It's got this dope, like, if anybody ever played the video game Fear from the PS3 generation. I played it on PC, but it was, I think it was out on PS3. Right. And it, it has these, like, horror elements where you'll be, like, I've been kind of calling, like, referring them to myself as, like, these fear-esque horror hallways. Where, like, you'll walk down a hallway and... All of a sudden, like, all this shit will happen. Like, the walls will start bleeding or, like, like all like all this, like, 
like papers will start flying around and like you'll start seeing almost into the underworld like really weird shit will happen mm-hmm. and then you'll get through the other end of the hallway and it'll be totally fine or maybe you'll come across like a a demon that you have to fight or something like that and um but dude it's 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 there is some there's been a lot of talk about Shinji Mikami him because this was a Tango Gameworks studio. Right. A lot of talk about like him leaving the studio. How much of an impression has he really had on the last so many games? Obviously, he was really important for The Evil Within, but you know, the creative director for this game started out as I don't remember the woman's name, but she ended up leaving like late in development. Mm-hmm. And but like, dude, the enemies in this game are fucking freaky. Like they're they're the whole idea behind them, I guess, is that they are they're 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 called visitors from like the other side, which I think they're referring to like the underworld. Yeah, and they inherit the form forms of things that humanity kind of thinks about <laughs> regularly. So, like one of them is like a a schoolgirl without a head. And one of them is like a a guy in a business suit with an umbrella, but he has no face. Yeah, and he walks around really like stuttering. It's kind of creepy. And then another one is like a like a, a like a really tall woman in a trench coat with like a fashionable hat, but she's carrying these giant scissors. And like it's just. And another one is like a kindly old lady that like holds her hand up to her chest, but she like shoots fucking fireballs at you. Like it's like this, and, and like one of the coolest ones is uh it's like a little kid in like a yellow raincoat with like a a a yellow umbrella like clearly dancing in the rain Mm -hmm. but you can't like kill it because your spells like bounce off of its raincoat so you've got to like sneak up on it and and take it out otherwise it'll it'll run away and call in a bunch of other demons that'll attack you like there's a lot of really interesting stuff about the game specifically it's neat how Japanese it is. Like, they leaned into it hard. Like, everything about it is Japanese. Like, all of your, all of your like, skills and everything you equip and all these talismans that you use, like, everything is based on, like, Japanese folklore and Japanese religion and all this kind of stuff. Um, it's cool. It's cool. I'm, I'm really liking it so far. I, I'm, I'm not loving it. It's, it's one of those things where, I don't know if you ever get this kind of impression when you start a game. But like, it's I'm in that space where I still don't know if I'll finish it, <laughs> but I'm enjoying my time with it right now. Yeah, you know what I mean. I do. Yeah, I'm trying to think. The last <laughs> game like that for me was probably not maybe not the last game like that, but a game like that for me was like the Borderland kind of games. Like I always enjoyed them. But yeah. I'm just like I don't know if I'm gonna actually finish this out. <laughs> um. Cool, cool, very good, man. Well, we don't have any listener feedback for this show, so uh, no one had anything to say about our last episode, which tells me one of two things: either people just are sick of us, three thing, one of three things: people, people are either just like sick of us and aren't listening because I we haven't heard from Big Box or J One or um, some of the Armando, I think was one, Mando was one of them, and then uh, those people kind of fell to the wayside, and then uh, I haven't heard anything from our patrons this week, which is fine. Um, so, or two, maybe they just don't have anything to say. It's, it's the busy holiday time of year or three. 
we got to pick up the podcast, man, and just fucking get it right. I don't know. So no listener feedback, which is fine, because that means the episode will be a little bit quicker. I wanted to do a quick, not necessarily a show topic, but I wanted, Jake, to touch base with you. Everyone was, like, really excited about PSVR 2. And uh, there hasn't been a lot of anything about it since the negative reviews on the Switchback game. I haven't heard anyone really talk about PSVR 2 in a while. I know I bring it up once in a while on the show. Um, We really enjoyed Gran Turismo. Um, I didn't do any of the buy-ups. I know Saints and Sinners was supposed to be really good, the Walking Dead game. Um, I just haven't played it, so... I don't know, you know, I was thinking like the ease of use. Also, I was, you know, I was sick for a good amount of time and we're doing this bathroom stuff. But um, even so, dude, it still kind of feels like a burden to put the headset on. I wanted to get Demio. I wanted to get uh, Pavlov. I want to try these games out. But time is so hard to come by. Just that extra step of putting on the headset and committing to getting like into a world just seems like you really got to carve out time to play a VR game. And I think that's where I'm running into an issue. I wanted to get your take on maybe the trajectory right now of the PSVR 2. And I know Push Square had a little article about it, like a poll. And uh, they had like three or four different radio buttons. You could indicate what you what you thought as a visitor to their site. And you know, one of the options was like, oh, no, it's doomed. Someone, another option was like, I started off all right, but I don't think it's going to do well. Another one is like, uh, give it time. I think I think it's going to find its place. And then the, the other one was like, yeah, it's amazing. It's doing so well. Like, love it. Awesome. I think it's going to be just fine. I don't know where I fall on this. Um, there's already we're not going to talk about this because there's it's rumored, but there's talks about Sony doing like a, a dedicated handheld specifically for remote play, and they're already working on that. We know they've got the PS uh, PS5 Pro um, in the works for 2024, which might be a news point. But then the VR2 man, like there hasn't been. You still can't get the fucking controllers individually out in, out in the wild. Um, it just seems like, you know, we know they scaled back production on it uh, for release or whatever. They kind of scaled back their uh, something. I remember this being a news point. Like they didn't, you know, maybe they changed their out- outlook on how they thought it was going to sell before it came out. Um, but I don't know, man. I What do you think about this unit? It, it, do you think it's going to have legs or do you think they're just going to let it kind of flop around and whatever? Let it just ride on third-party development or do you think we're going to see a big push on VR2 this summer? I don't know. I think it's it released into a weird time. So with the economy and everything being kind of shitty mm-hmm. and – the fact that it costs five hundred and fifty dollars on top of a five hundred dollar console is probably not ideal, but I think it's one of those things where people have to they just kind of have to the people need to champion it they need someone to come out and champion it for it to have legs, yeah, because it is better. It's good. The other consoles. Yeah, it's a great headset. Right? So, so 
people are talking about, oh, the Quest, I can get the Quest 2 for whatever, fucking $400 now because they increased the price of it or whatever it is. And I don't need a console. It's like, okay. But if you're a gamer, it's not nearly as good as the PSVR 2. Yeah. So if you already have a PS5, spend the extra 100 bucks and get the PSVR 2. Exactly. Because... The other thing, too, is that, like, the Quest 2 has battery life issues and all that because it's wireless and everything. Mm. And, pardon me. And I don't want to sell PSVR by, I don't like the idea of selling PSVR by shitting on the competition. PSVR 2 is a good unit. Um, We've talked about it quite a bit in the past. Uh, just based on our initial impressions and everything like that. Yeah. I think that it probably will have legs because from rumors and reporting kind of have this thing not selling very well right now. Mm-hmm. And like maybe they've sold two or 300,000 units, which is not a lot. No. Especially since it's been out for four months or five months or whatever the hell it's been out. And uh, I do wonder if they have a long-term plan for this. I know that – I think that Sony's strategy moving forward, and I don't know if you have any news about this or not, but I think a strategy going forward is Sony's going to start requesting VR modes be put in a lot of their games. Mm. So, like, imagine the next Horizon game or Horizon Forbidden West – they get like a an update for it, mm-hmm. and you could play the whole thing in VR or something like that. Yeah, that'd be wild. Like it's now I get it. Like the game wasn't built for the ground up to play in VR, but if you could kind of look around while you're playing and get different perspectives on the world, and maybe even like their special mode or something mm. like that, um, that's definitely something to entice people to be like, oh, well, I already own all these games. I can play – I could, I have stuff to play with my VR. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. I mean I still to this day, since the day that I opened it, have only played GT7. <laughs> that's funny. So – but to be fair, I haven't played it in the last couple of weeks just because I've been not feeling well and been busy with work and stuff. So – yeah. It's it's one of those things where, like, a lot of times when I'm sick, I just want to kind of lay around and play video games. But one thing I don't want to do when I'm sick is play VR. Just put shit over because, your face. Yeah, right. Because it's, like, it's too active of an experience. Even, like, playing GT7 where I'm sitting in a chair with the VR on or whatever, like fucking sore when I'm done playing it. Because <laughs> I'm all tense and I'm, like, leaning into turns yeah. and all this kind of crap, but... Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not ready to say that it's dead yet, but I think that Sony has a lot of work to do to kind of give this thing a proper tail and give it give it a little bit more um a little bit more uh desirability for the the people that are on the edge about spending all the money on it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we might see a price reduction in it too, even by fifty bucks. I I think that like the more I think about it, man, and and I know how shit works, and uh, you got to be careful not to be the self fulfilling prophecy. 
So you have a lot of these media outlets that are like, oh, the headset's amazing, you know, blah, blah, blah. Sony's going to drop the ball again. Or, you know, this thing's doomed. This thing's doomed. Just like the Vita, it's doomed. But it's so good. But it's doomed. And it's like, okay, you're a major outlet for video games. And you're essentially telling everyone who comes to your website not to fucking buy this thing, even though it's good, because they're not going to support it. And it's like you're putting the fear in people before there's any need for it. And that probably curbs a lot of people from buying the unit. Um, so if, if it doesn't get the, the base, the base, you know, three like you said, 300,000 is like nothing. Um, that many people attend Wembley, you know? I mean, geez. I, I don't know. Like, it's just like, actually, I don't know how many people attend Wembley, but, um, but I mean, it's like one of those things where, where it's like, if, if you believe the unit's good, instead of writing opinion pieces about how much you think it's going to fail, why don't you write a piece that says something to do with how much you enjoy the unit and how you can't believe that it's selling so low because it's great. Instead of just being like, Sony's fucking up. They're not doing it right. They're not doing this. They're not going to support this. You know, all we're getting are old games that are just being, you know, reworked for VR2. Instead of, like, just dishing on it and Sony, build it up a little bit. Kind of like you said. Like, there needs to be something. Someone needs to champion this thing. And whether it be a developer. And I don't know. I understand that it is a cautionary unit to buy right right now and uh if you don't have the cash you probably shouldn't go buy it but if you're at all interested in this and you have a ps5 and you want to play vr2 man it i'm again the the unit has my seal of approval i would like to see more more games for it that are that seem a little more appealing um, there's not a there's not a huge list now would i have fun with probably with most of the games yeah they'd be fun but fun as in like playing skee-ball or like shooting some hoops down at the court, like not serious fun, right? It's just like I can jump into this and play it for 35 minutes and, and have an experience awesome. I think what a lot of us want are like full-blown games. And uh, that's what I wanted with the first VR. And uh, I got it with Resident Evil 7. And uh, we got it – even, even uh, we, we talked – so great about Thumper, and that game is absolutely fantastic. Tetris, Tetris Effect was good. I haven't played Saints and Sinner. I would love to see Half-Life Alex show up, because that is the shot in the arm I think the unit needs, but um, the verdict's out, for sure. Who knows? Who knows where this is going to go? I really hope Sony doesn't just give up on it. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I... <sighs> The one thing I would push back on a little bit about what you're saying is that it's not really media outlets' job to sell this <laughs> unit for Sony. No, it's not. It's, but it, go it, ahead. I I do agree that maybe if they love it, they and they if they love it and they want to champion it, they should do more than just complain about what Sony's doing. But um, or or saying that it's doomed or whatever. Uh, I I think that this is a little bit different from the Vita in that uh, I don't know that poor sales killed the Vita so much as hackers killed the Vita. Um, but for this, I I do agree with you that somebody 
So it's all down to Sony basically to make this work, whether it's through they need to find a way to prove that their shit is the best. And I think the only way for them to do it is, like you said, put games on it that literally cannot run on other platforms. Like if you like Resident Evil Village is an example of something that cannot run on another plant like on Quest 2. Get something else out there, like maybe this this behemoth game. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah, get- it looks kind of it looks kind of cool, yeah. you know. Like it looks pretty intense for a for a VR game. Um, the other thing I think that it, it's hard to sell, but a lot of people are bitching a bit about the. Uh, I was listening to another podcast and they're talking about how a lot of the games that came out at launch for VR two were available on VR one. True. Or they were available on like Quest or something like that. Yeah, and it's like the 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 what they were talking about was that um, <clears throat> that the PSVR two versions are the best versions of those games. So like, yeah, technically they exist on other platforms, but if you've never played them before, or you're interested in revisiting them. If you like, let's say I already own Thumper, it's ten dollars to upgrade it for PSVR two, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm considering doing it just because, from what I understand, like the adaptive triggers and all of that add so much to the experience yeah. with the sense controller and everything. Thumper's so good. And so Sony just needs to find a way to just market this better. They need to come out and say like, oh, you've got – they need to do like maybe a weekly or bi-weekly showcase of like, oh, yeah, you had this game before? Well, check it out on VR too. These are all the cool fucking features it has that you don't even – you couldn't experience before. Yeah. Um, That's, they need, they need a There's, sizzle reel for VR too, like with Gran Turismo too, like people like looking over their fucking shoulder. I don't know that their marketing is great for VR too. Like the videos you see – it's like Ozzy Osbourne, um, you know, and then and then you've seen. I mean, it was fun. It was a funny video, but I don't know if that's going to help sell it. Um, he's the most memorable thing about the video, not that it was about VR. Like everyone's just talking about Ozzy and how coked out or crazy he's finally finally getting. You know what I mean? And that that becomes the conversation, not the not the product he's, they're trying to sell. Um, and then the other thing is like I think a lot of uh, a lot of the video of VR that you see, there's always like that close up shot of someone's face, like just kind of boxed in, and they're like this, doing this like in the screen, and then it cuts the yeah. gameplay, and it's like. It's like that's the best they can come up with to make it be like, oh, you're experiencing this. Like they got to do something. They needed to hit bullet points and be like, listen, you are actually in the game in this. It really feels like you're there. Um, They should do interviews with people or reaction videos of people who use it and take it off, like some sort of live thing. Like, oh, my God, that was crazy. That was the coolest thing I've ever done. You know what I mean? Like something like that, like from people and like, I don't know. Yeah, even still, VR is unfortunately one of those things that you really only know by doing mm-hmm. it. Like, you you can't – there's no way for you to market this thing on, like, a YouTube video that is going to yeah. make somebody feel the way that they feel when they put the headset yeah. on. It's impossible. Like, regular flat screen games, you can – 
take a gameplay snippet, put it on YouTube, and people will understand what it's going to be like. Even if maybe the controls might feel a little bit different or something like that once they're actually hanging on to it. Mm-hmm. But VR, like, there's such a visceral response to being thrust into the world that you cannot you cannot describe via yeah. flat screen media. Yeah. So that is a challenge for sure. It's a disconnect. But I don't know. But if they were to come out and be like, let's say the the they release the PS5 Slim and it's I don't know, let's just say it's like three hundred and fifty bucks or something like that. And then they were to or four hundred bucks. I don't know. And then they were to decrease the price of the VR2 unit a little bit and at the same time announce like some big fucking games for it, mm. have like this big splash, then it may really push people in because they're going to have a, a PS5 Pro and it's going to cost $550 or whatever the fuck it is. And then their PS5 is going to have to be cheaper, the base PS5, the slim version. Oh, yeah. So... It's not gonna have a it's not gonna have a disc drive and any of that shit. But it'll still play VR. So at that point you could say like, okay, well maybe the VR two at that point is four hundred and fifty dollars mm-hmm. or something like that. And it's like, okay, so for I don't know, let's say eight hundred bucks, you get in and you have a PS five, which will play all this amazing shit, and then you also have a VR two, which will play all this amazing shit. <clears throat> and I would even go as far as to say like Hey, maybe you you should have like a handful of pack-in games for the VR2. Like why why is it that we don't have a free game? Uh, a v, why no why don't we have a VR playroom like we did with VR1? Yeah, right. Like VR1 had two discs of what they called the VR, I think it was the VR playroom. Yeah, and, it was. And each like one of each one of them had probably 10 demos on it Mm -hmm. so people could literally buy the headset and immediately have a bunch of shit to play even if they weren't full games but they could play them all and be like okay this feels awesome I'm buying that that feels awesome I'm buying that I don't like that so much I'm not buying that but like that's how I got into Thumper yeah because it was on that fucking demo disc and I played it and I was like, holy shit, this game is fucking awesome. <laughs> it is the most under un, untalked about VR game. Um, and it's fucking fantastic. Like, I don't know why. And, and it's funny because I've heard people bring up Thumper like, oh shit, I forgot all about that game. And then people are like, oh yeah, it's amazing. And people are just talking. Then it opens up a conversation about it. But you never hear someone be like, PSVR games you need to play, Thumper. Yeah. But it is one that you have to play. Like you have to play that game because it is absolutely an experience. Um, it's so good, and uh, it, it really. And another thing that I'm surprised that we didn't see, but also not because Japan Studios isn't around or Team Asobi rather, um, is what happened. Like, why couldn't we get a, a full on Astrobot game, like a Mario game? That would be. God, the Astrobot Rescue Mission game for VR, PSVR, was one of the best games probably I've ever played on Sony, on a Sony device. So my my theory is that the reason why we don't have a VR2 version of that game is because they're making an Astrobot Rescue Mission 2, and they're going to announce, when they announce that, they're going to announce the port of the first one. 
That would be the smartest thing they could do because you played Rescue because Mission, I, right? I, dude, I didn't play it. I never <laughs> did. And I really want to, oh, but I fucking hated the first VR unit so much. Yeah. Just in terms of the setup, not as the actual use of it, oh, but shit. in terms of the setup and everything and the fucking move controllers and all that garbage. I don't want to fuck with any of that. But if they but the PSVR two is so easy to use comparatively, I could definitely see myself sitting there and playing a game like that. It was the best it, um, it was so good. It was unbelievably amazing. And I don't think you could find anyone that would say otherwise. Um, they knocked it out of the park with that game. It was so good. There were boss battles. It felt like Mario or something. Like, but it was all platforming, and it was there were like hidden coins and like super secrets and like, oh my god, dude! It was unbelievable how good the Astrobot Rescue Mission was. It was so smart. But I don't know that they could port it because. Part of the mechanics is like the when you when you save little astrobots, they jump into your controller and you're holding it like this and you're shaking it and stuff. Unless unless they make you use the dual sense for it instead of the motion sense or whatever they're called. I don't know. Yeah. But I hope to God you're right because the world deserves to play that game. Um not that that game deserves to be played by the world. The the world should enjoy that game. They they deserve it. <laughs> All right, dude. I'm going to shut up, and we're going to move on to the news. We do this every episode. We talk about the most recent news uh, that we kind of cherry-picked out um, from different websites, mainly pushsquare.com. Um, I also go to the PlayStation dot, PlayStation.blog or blog.playstation, I think it is. I don't remember which way it goes, but I go there to look for some news points as well. Once in a while, uh, PushSquare sites different uh we're not breaking news. They say different references like Polygon or wherever once in a while um, when the source is elsewhere. But the first news point I wanted to discuss with you because I thought it was interesting. We had heard about the uh, Final Fantasy Pixel remakes and uh, they finally they have a release date of 419, um, which is coming up. It's kind of a big deal. Um, the reason it's a big deal is because they're releasing all the way up through Final Fantasy VI. Um, the Pixel remakes. And they're all coming out at once, which is interesting. And I don't believe that it's a one-purchase thing. I think they're all going to be separate. Am I right on that? Uh, there might be a way where you can buy them all together, mm -hmm. but you can buy them all separately if you want, yeah. for sure. So it's Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. These are the actual classic games. I don't know what the Pixel remake actually means. Just cleaner looking? Is it like HD or something? Is that pretty much what No, they, they, they redid all the Pixel art. Jesus. I mean, it looks like shit, but it'll just, it would just be fun to replay these games. Yeah. All right. Very good. Very good. So that's coming out. That's a big one. Um, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like I want to jump into Final Fantasy uh, Intergrad. So I wanted to put that as a news point. Um, the next the next news point I have here, which I thought was equally interesting, is there's a there's a new update for Gran Turismo. Um, and I know I have GTA 5 on here, which is incorrect, but it's, I get to I mix them together. But Gran Turismo has a new um, up, upgrade, and it supports on the PS5 120 frames per second as well as VRR mode. Um, I don't know how this affects... Or if it affects playing the game in VR, but this is a new update, apparently. I believe it's Gran Turismo, unless it is GTA 5. 
And I get, I get these two games mixed up because it's always GT, and this is just the nature of my uh, my brain and how it works. I'm pretty sure I typed it correctly. Um, it's Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh, so I have it wrong? <laughs> I had it right, but I assumed that I was wrong. I've got no confidence. Grand, Grand, Grand Theft Auto Five. Jesus, I did it again. The frame rate increased on PS5, 120 FPS and VRR. That's kind of, I want to get back in and finish the Dr. Dre missions in this game. And I wish you had this game, Jake, because I would just – I know LJ and I were playing it for a while. I, we, we did one – dude, we did a mission in Grand, Grand Theft Auto Online, and uh, it took us literally about two hours, I want to say. And uh, through thick and thin, we somehow – I didn't die. And then I got to the location. Um, I, like, landed a helicopter on the roof, and I was like, I'm not walking down these stairs. I'm going to jump. And then just deploy my parachute to get to the bottom and finish the mission. And I didn't have a fucking parachute and I didn't realize it. And I jumped and we spent two hours and I died and it reset the whole mission online. And I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. So we didn't play it again. <laughs> so that's that's just me being an idiot. And same thing with like how I thought this was Gran Turismo, but it's Grand Theft Auto Five. Jake, anything about GTA Five? I mean, it continues to sell well. It continues to make Rockstar a ton of money. I mean... What else can you really say about it? Yeah, I don't really have much to say. I'm not uh, particularly interested in it. So, All right. Well, we'll, we'll get on to the we next one that. then. Resident Evil 4 Remake in two weeks. Four million sales. That's huge in two weeks for a Resident Evil game. Um, have, oh, yeah. have you purchased this yet? I know, I know you're kind of on the fence on this one. I mean, not on the fence of like whether you want to play it, but like whether or not you want to play it like right now. Yeah, no, because I buy everything digitally, I don't usually buy shit until I play it, mm-hmm. just so I'm not wasting money. So I have not purchased it yet, but that's not because I don't want to. I mean, this game looks fucking awesome, and by all accounts... Um, Everybody who's played it says it's awesome. So I, I have no doubt that this is a purchase worth making. And if you have any interest in this game, just go ahead and pick it up. Because I can I can almost guarantee you, even without playing it, that it's going to be awesome. Unless you hate Resident Evil games, then you won't like it. But, um, yeah, it's it's awesome. Well, it's selling so well. Yeah, I'm really it, happy. It, it means that hopefully we'll get something else. Yeah, it actually got a new... It actually got a new... Um, the hell you want to call it a new mode recently too called uh mercenary mode and i can't remember what that entails but it's some sort of it's probably something like uh what we saw with resident evil village i'm just talking out of my ass but i'm guessing like they had kind of had like a survival mode in resident evil village that they implemented and i would like to find the news point on this since we're talking about the game i wonder what mercenary mode exactly is for resident the resident evil 4 fans Okay, it's something about microtransactions too. I'm on the Pushcore site reading some of their articles. There we go. Mercenary mode. Um, it says here from Resident Evil Twitter, thank you, strangers, for all the support on Resident Evil 4. Check out what the experts had to say about this re- reimagined action horror classic. Don't miss out on Mercenaries arriving April 7th. It's free DLC. And... Uh, uh, no, it says it offers a quote-unquote, this is per push score, high-octane alternative to Resident Evil 4's traditional campaign with players able to take on a variety of challenges and compete to be the very best survivor possible. 
Will you be diving in imminently or will you be waiting for the update to roll out worldwide? Um, it still doesn't really say what it is. It's like a, it's like an extraction mode, like horde mode kind of thing. Okay. <clears throat> and you like earn points. Oh, all right. When you like while you're playing, so it's like I think there's an element of score chasing to it. Dude, as this well. game's gonna be awesome. I gotta fucking play this game. I'm gonna have so many games this Halloween, dude. Ah, uh, there, there's the game that you bought and played that was really cool, Callisto Protocol that you liked. Um, generally liked, and then there's going to be the Resident Evil game, and then I'm going to have the Dead Space remake. I'm going to have a lot of options this Halloween, and I'm pretty excited about it. Um, moving forward, Jake, did you see this crazy trailer? There's a from Elysium Games, um, the game studio. Sorry, there's this crazy trailer that came out, and. Uh, it's kind of strange because it looks – it's made in Unreal, the new Unreal Engine, Unreal Engine 5. And uh, the game is a third and first-person narrative-driven detective thriller set in a cyberpunk world inspired by classics such as Blade Runner and Ghost in the Shell. The rich rule the city. The poor fight to survive. Um, there's no release date. And uh, the game's called Neo Berlin uh, 2087 or Neo Berlin. 2087 and uh the trailer looks so pretty and it's got some deus ex vibes and stuff with the main character but like there's something about it despite how good it looks that makes it look a little janky and it's like it's because it's fucking running like shit i don't know why they would i honestly don't know why they would release this trailer i mean to be because uh, I'll be fair, visually it looks awesome. Yeah, like yeah. the the gra- like the graphics look amazing. The gun combat looks, I mean, like gun combat. I mean, but it, it still looks cool. Like there, there almost seems like maybe there might be a little bit of a little bit of like a um, mobility aspect to the gunplay. Um, <laughs> but like, dude, it's a fucking trailer and it's lagging. What's really like? Yeah, it's an announcement trailer, but they're showing like shit. So this is where they messed up. Right at the beginning, it says it's all alpha gameplay, right? It it, right at the very beginning, it says alpha gameplay. But like, usually when you make an announcement trailer, you show something that looks better than this. Um, As far as gameplay, at least the way it runs. I mean, it absolutely is beautiful, though. Yeah. Um and it kind of has like I don't know. Uh it's got some different different vibes to it. Um it's like uh it almost has a bit of a kill zone vibe with some of the the first person shooting and stuff. It looks like, you know, with like the the futuristic city and stuff. Um fighting androids and man, it looks awesome. But yeah, it's 2087 Berlin or Berlin. Yeah, that's what it is. Neo Berlin 2087, and uh, it came out of freaking nowhere. And as it should be, if it's an announcement trailer, but it's just really weird. They're telling people to wish list it now on the PS5, and uh, it doesn't have any other. It looks like it could be an exclusive. Because there, there's no other consoles, or it doesn't say PC, it doesn't say anything. It just says PS5 at the end. 
So this could be a new exclusive coming to the PlayStation. Um, it could be. Um, I I do wonder if they release this trailer to kind of gauge interest, mm. and maybe Sony might have some interest in contributing. But they're like, hey, we'll put this trailer out, see how what <laughs> kind of interest it garners, and then maybe we'll give you some more money for it if people seem to really be interested. Because if I don't know what else this studio has done, but you know if they're an unproven team or whatever, I mean that could be part of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean the whole time I was watching, I was like, man, this visually looks awesome, but it looks like it's running like garb. Like there are literally sections of the trailer where it had to have been running at like maybe twelve frames a second. Like it looks so bad but other times when it's like running smoothly it looks really cool the graphics look really great and everything so i don't know um what's going on if but you, if you go to their website they dial it all in yeah D- don't confuse them with elysium uh games they're called elysium Games studio there is an elysium games that makes like pokemon games and stuff um but this is elysium game studio and uh, if you go to it, it doesn't even look like they've made any other games. It says Elysium Game Studio is an innovative and growing indie game studio in Berlin that develops next-gen games for PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC using Unreal Engine 5. The high quality is a part of our gaming culture. The highest quality. The studio is founded by Ivan Merkovich, maybe, in 2019. So they're a brand-new studio. Um, it says that he also serves as CEO and game and art director as well as a lead game designer. Our goal is to create games with narrative-driven emotional storytelling and graphics on par with AA or even AAA productions. Thanks to funds by the German government's BMVI, all these different things as part of the program to strengthen German games market, as well as funds by the mating board Berlin Brandenburg, it was possible to create this project. And it just says home. And then you can go to studio to learn more about the studio. You can go to game, and it just says the game. <laughs> Neo Berlin, twenty eighty seven. Join us on an amazing on an amazing. They have internship programs. Uh, you know, with, you can be a programmer, or whatever. Level designer. Um, it's just really weird. It looks like they're definitely hiring right now, and they're trying to get people on board. So. It's just what's weird to me is like they should be super proud of that trailer because it it looks visually looks good and it looks cool, but it can't run like shit if that's how you want your new game. They're probably just their hype levels just probably so high right now that they're like ah fuck you know. And if you go to their website, it looks like it runs way smoother, but they have this weird uh, old CTTV effect on the trailer. Um, so I don't know what this is about, man. <laughs> But don't expect it to come out anytime soon, and it may not be a PS5 exclusive, even though the trailer at the end only indicates PS5, because they say right in the thing about their studio that they develop for, or they're planning on developing for Series X and and PC as well. So, and we might be seeing more studios, man, with the advent of Unreal Engine 5 and the ease of use of it, it looks like. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing more games that look beautiful that maybe don't necessarily run great. (laughs) Yeah, how could we know? All right. Well, shit. It looks cool. Anyways, that happened over the last week. And then here's in a strange in a strange move. And Jake, I put a picture here I found um, that you might like. 
it's uh, there's a new Street Fighter movie um, in production, and uh, it's going to be live action. And the license to make the film was purchased by Legendary Entertainment. It was announced this movie is in official production, and I just don't understand why. Why? Why are we making a Street Fighter movie? The last Street Fighter movie was absolute garbage. I love the the photo of uh, Jean Claude Van Damme with the military pants and just flexing. Yeah, just straight up flexing. It looks like he's combing his hair too, like Guile. Um, the one who looks the most like the character—I don't even know who the guy on the very right is. Who's that guy? T Hawk. That's not T Hawk. Uh, dude, I. I wouldn't be surprised if that's supposed to be T. I think Zangief in the back looks the best. Um, totally looks like Zangief. Uh, I don't know. Cammy looks. Cammy looks all right. Um, <laughs> e Honda is like the wrong race, so there's that. Uh, e Honda. I mean, I guess I don't know a whole lot about. Um, Ken Street is also fighter, wait, I, no, that's Ryu, isn't it? <clears throat> Ryu is the guy in the white. Ken is the guy in the red. Ken's hair needs to be more blonde than that. This is the old Street Fighter uh, picture of the cast. Um, Balrog, Balrog looks fine. Yeah, I don't know. Seems all right. It just it, the movie was bad. It was just bad. Everything about it was bad. Just, <laughs> there's not a good thing about the whole movie, but. This picture is pretty funny, though. It's just such a throwback to the 90s. I absolutely love T-Hawk's facial expression. And uh, they're like, everyone do like your pose. <laughs> and like, oh, yeah, I was told this is what they do. You know, it's like, I don't know. How many like, people even, even played Street Fighter? I don't even know what he's doing. He's giving a thumbs up, isn't he? Is he? I, or is that maybe? light on his face? I can't tell. Anyways, we don't really need to keep talking about the picture. It's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. And, and the quality of the picture is so bad, it literally looks like a bunch of cosplayers. Honestly. <laughs> it just looks like a ton of cosplayers to me. Yeah. Um, anyways, they're making a new Street Fighter movie, so if that's your thing, uh, be on the lookout. I, I, I think it's a bad idea, but who knows? Maybe it'll be awesome. The Mortal Kombat movie apparently was decent, and I didn't watch that. Uh, I kept I kept, keep forgetting about that one. The latest Mortal Kombat movie. Um, so I do need to watch that. The The next news point is in a follow-up to our conversation last episode about multiverses. Um, it has now officially been pulled from the PlayStation Store. And uh, you can't get it now. So you got to wait till 2024. I talked to my brother about this. Um, because I thought I, it wasn't supposed to happen until June. The servers are getting cut off in June. Um, oh. But they pulled the game now because they probably don't want more people to buy it now and buy, you know, in-game purchases and then them just pull the plug and like, <laughs> you know, what if you didn't know and you bought the game a week before June hits and you bought all this shit and then like they're like, oh, yeah, it's offline until next year. <laughs> So it's probably best that they pulled it from the store. But I talked to my brother about this, and he said never, never at any given period did he think that this game wasn't a beta. And he made in-game purchases. 
And he said, well, you know what it is. So his stance is, is that as an avid gamer and as somebody who followed the game and got involved, like he says never – you know, the game's free. Um, it's a free game. Um, he understood what was going on and he doesn't feel burnt about it. Um, but, you know, that's to each of their own. But I know that we kind of took the stance on this last episode that like, you know, we didn't even know it was a beta. But I didn't really dive in as much as he did. But he said he definitely knew it was a beta. I think people were just upset. And I, and I said, Seth, when was the last time that you could make an in-game purchase in a beta game? And he goes, well, I don't know. He goes, you got what you paid for. And if they're going to make it available in 2024 and they're not taking it from you, I don't see what the problem is. And I'm like, okay, well, you're probably a little more polite than other people. <laughs> I mean, I see his point. I definitely do. Mm-hmm. I just – I I feel like it wasn't – I guess I don't have a big – very much of a leg to stand on just because I didn't play the game. Maybe if I would played it, I would have known – that this wasn't a full game. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess as long as they're not taking that stuff away from you, that's fine. And you'll still have it whenever the game comes out next year. Mm-hmm. So as long as that's the case, then I guess that's okay. And maybe they do but, a, uh, a complete relaunch, man, you know? <clears throat> it's just weird. It's just very weird. Well, what? yeah, the weird thing is, is, is that... The thing that's really weird about it to me is, is you know, my brother Seth purchased some in-game shit for a game he essentially was able to play for free. So when the game actually launches, he's now going to have to buy the game in order to utilize the DLC stuff he bought. You know what I mean? So now he's kind of locked in. What they should have done was make it free for anyone who bought in-game purchases. Made in-game purchases. Yeah. Yeah, that would be incentive nice, to, but that's... Yeah, it'd be incentive to fucking play the game and buy some shit now. Maybe save money on the back end. I don't know. It is what it is. And then not piss people off. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't even matter. Um, dude, this next point... I, I got rid of a bullet point here, but... Um, the next point, Jake, I know we talked about you playing hockey and liking hockey and all this stuff. But EA Play used to have a... Uh, they used to have a time limit on NHL 23. You can only play like 10 hours of it. Um, they're removing the time limit. So for your subscription cost for EA Play, um, you can now play NHL 23 with no time limit. You can just play it. That's cool. I mean, uh, EA Play, last time I got it, it was like 5 bucks a month. Yeah. I don't know what it is now. I think so, yeah. But... Uh, that's a good deal if you're if you're like a an in and out kind of gamer. But if you're like one of these sports gamers, they're probably going to make that money off of you anyway. If you're if you're playing it all year, like you're still going to pay them seventy dollars yeah. for NHL twenty three. It'll just take you a year to do it, as opposed to a month. Well, here's the thing: you but can, if you're someone like you, can, I was just going to say, but yeah. if you're someone like me who is like in and out, then you're not going to get your money out of me. You're going to get five bucks out of me and that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the smart play. Always, Jake, with the smart play. I just looked it up. Four ninety nine a month for EA Play, which totals to be $60 for a year or twenty nine ninety nine for a full year out of the gate. So half, oh, fuck yeah. half price, 30 bucks. That might be the ultimate move. That's how they fucking get you. 
So for 30 bucks, sure. you know, it's smart. It's smart pricing structure. But yeah, just uh, so listeners, the EA, uh, the hockey game uh, 2013, uh, NHL 2013 is not available. Um, the governor is going to get removed. The time governor will be removed on April 13th. So don't get it the second you hear this. If you're just like, oh, but wait for this to happen. Um, wait till the 13th when you can actually play it. Or maybe wait till, uh, better yet, May 1st and get your full month's worth of that game. Um, moving on. This one's kind of exciting. Uh, you guys know I'm into pinball. There is something kind of weird about this one, though. Um, pinball effects are adding two free tables to their game. Um, right now, there's only a cowboy game that you can play. The two new tables are going to be called Twilight Zone and uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer which are have already been made available on earlier versions of Pinball Effects. And the shitty thing about this that I found out is if you own Pinball Effects on like the PS4, like the Pinball Effects version, whatever, uh, came out a couple years ago, um, the, the tables that you purchase don't carry over into the PS5 uh, recent release of Pinball Effects. So if That's you purchase like a ton of tables under the Pinball Effects brand, um, the midway tables, whatever, they don't carry over into the new uh, version of Pinball Effects, which is a free, which is a free game. Pinball Effects is free. You download it. They give you a free table, and then within the game, you can purchase additional DLC tables, and they're not cheap. Like some of them are like fourteen bucks. So hmm. they do make a killing. So if you're a pinball fanatic and you had uh, maybe pinball effects i don't even know what it was called I, this isn't called like pinball effects 2 but this is like the ps5 version i suppose um you know they uh your your tables are not going to carry over so fyi but nice that they're adding two tables for free i'll probably jump into that and uh i don't know i they gotta make their money somehow but this seems like a weird way to do it um and then we're almost through the news, guys. And then we'll, we'll set you off for the holiday holiday weekend. Or you guys just probably had a holiday weekend if you celebrate that kind of thing. Uh, next up is Konami or Konami, however you want to call it. Uh, I've always called them Konami is what I've always said. Mm. But they are getting back into gaming, man. They're, they're going... Head headlong in to the gaming market pretty seriously. They have another studio um, planned, uh, a building rather, uh, in 2025, um, and they've they've actually moved to a new studio in Osaka. And in this new studio, uh, has motion capture equipment and anything else they possibly would need to do to make games or to bring back some classics, which is like. I wonder what the shift was. They're like, oh, yeah, we should get back into gaming. Like, all of a sudden, like, I just feel like they're they're making a little bit of a push here. The new, you know, like when someone's going to build a, uh, a new building, whether it be downtown, you pass by, you saw they tore down the old parking lot, and now there's, like, this sign out front, and there's, like, a hand sketch rendition of what's going to show up there. Dude, the sketched rendition of this fucking building that Konami, Konami is going to be putting in in 2025, it's ridiculous. 
It's absolutely ridiculous. Did you see this picture? I wish I would have put it in the notes. Um, I'm going to try to find it because it is it is absolutely new building time. It's absolutely <laughs> it's going to be an R and D center apparently. Um, let me see here. Yeah, no picture here. Did they take it down? Um, I know it was on Push Square. Here we go. Major production center in Western Japan. Scheduled for 20... Yeah, here it is. Oh, my God. Let me just copy that image and paste it in the notes here. It's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen a building so fucking big. It's a big building. Like, what is this? I mean, what are they going to be making there? I mean, they're probably going to be making all of their, like, pachinko machines and all that kind of shit, workout gear and all that shit that they really make their money on. It's, yeah, it's absolutely insane. This is on the Konami website. It says, scheduled for um, Konami celebrated 50th establishment anniversary on March 19th, 2023. Konami Osaka Studio, the group's major production center, opened Osaka Yumita Twin Tower South on March 27th, 2023. The continued sustainable growth in the next 50 years. Konami Asaka Studio is a developmental relocation of the existing studio and comes with the concept of creators first. It is characterized by a well-developed environment where creators can demonstrate their full potential and is set up in a location with convenient transportation access. As as the major production center in Western Japan, the facility is fully equipped with motion capture equipment and sound studios necessary for product development. Um, scheduled for completion in 2025, Konami's group's next generation R&D center, the Konami Creative Front Tokyo Bay, is in the process of construction um, in Tokyo. And they are uh, strengthening health and productivity management, aiming to create a healthy and vibrant workplace for employees. It brought us to be certified as... Uh, that have brought us to be certified as an outstanding health and, and pro- productivity management organization by the Ministry of Economy. Uh, furthermore, 2023, we have established, we have substantially raised our base salary. We have taken various steps to promote management, emphasized on human capital, capital, improve employee engagement, enhance its competitiveness. In order to achieve further sustainable growth in the significantly expanding entertainment field, Konami Group will strengthen its product development capabilities and continue to provide products and services for the next generation. This is like apparently like a big move for them to, uh, it's like an R and D center, I guess is essentially how they're, how they're talking about this. Um, it's Mm. it's just interesting. I mean, like, are we going to see like this huge breakout of Konami again in, in, uh, video games? That would be pretty cool. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they're going to do more than just, video games here. It's a pretty big place. But uh, <laughs> how can you know, I guess? Um, yeah. I, I, I think that probably what we're going to see is they're all going to work on the next Contra game. This entire building is going to be for the new Contra game. <laughs> oh, God. I've just never, Uh, dude, I've never seen a building this big. I've been to New York City. It just seems like it's an entire block, like two blocks, three blocks, four blocks wide. 
It looks enormous. I don't know that it's as big as you think it is, but it is a pretty big building. For sure. It's like a mile wide. It looks No, it's not. Yeah, dude. It's a fucking it's a city block. That's all it is. No, it's more than a block. <laughs> Cuz you could see unless that's parking underneath it. Like you go around and then there's like okay, you can go through the building underneath it and then it's like keeps going. I don't know. You're probably right. It's like, it looks also looks like it's a fisheye lens effect or something, but I don't know. We don't need to keep talking about it. I just fucking it's just the money. The money is unbelievable. Like I'm worried about like a yeah. bathroom renovation and I look at a fucking building like this and I'm like, what the fuck? Like that's got to be I'm not worried about the bathroom. It's just like, I don't know. I, I hate spending money. So I can't imagine what a thing like this would cost a company. To build. Uh, hundreds of millions. Billions. Not probably a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd, I'd do it for Contra if I could. All right. <laughs> Next uh, news point, Konami. Sorry, I'm doing the, the notes. New building. Okay. Uh, the next news point here is the last news point that I have, and then we can go in and talk about anything else if we see fit. Um, it only really affects me because I'm the Mac person between two of us, Jake. But the new uh, Pro Control, the DualSense Edge, is now working with Apple devices. Now, the original DualSense has been compatible for a while with Mac devices, and uh, you can use it. Um, while remote playing on your iPhone, the iPad, or the iMac. And I wonder if I can use the DualSense in Steam. I would imagine I probably can if I wanted to connect it and not necessarily. Sure, I, I don't like see why not. PlayStation. Yeah, it's a great controller. Not that I have any games on Steam to play. I was the, say, nobody wants to fucking develop for Mac, so. It sucks. I know. Uh, my buddy Mike is playing. The only full game I ever played on my Mac was the Alien Isolation, and uh, it ran perfectly, and it was awesome. And uh, I loved it. And uh, the last last thing we do on the show is typically we go over the new games coming out this month. And uh, I just want to go over those real quick for the listeners. So April 3rd, we have Match Ventures 2 on April 4th. Atari Mania, Creed Rise to Glory Championship Edition on VR2, Grimgoire, Grim Grimoire once more, Jesus, uh, Meet Your Maker, which is a free PS Plus game, and then Road 96, Mile Zero. April 5th, we got Lost Artifacts, Mysterious Book, Brightstone Mysteries, The Others, United Assault, Battle of the Bulge. And then April 6th, Across the Valley, Arcade Archives, Rezon, Buddy Simulator 1984, Contraptions 2, Curse of the Red Sea, Curse of the Sea Rats, sorry, Marfusha, Melon Journey, Bittersweet Memories, Pretty Girls Tile Match, The Library of Babel. And then uh, April 7th, Bleak Dystopia, Bumbaloon, EA Sports PGA Tour, which I hear looks awesome. It's EA's, uh, we're getting back into it. And then the Library of Babel. Babel. What? Library? How's that come out both? Oh, the PS, one day's PS5, PS4 is the April PS4. 7th. Yeah. <clears throat> um, any interest in the golf game, Jake? No. I don't know. I, I am always interested in golf games, but not enough to buy them. Yeah. Like, if I, if I was... 
you know, if I subscribed to EA Play or whatever, I'd be and they had it on there. Maybe I would download one to check it out and try it or whatever. But uh, not enough that I'm actually going to pay full price for one. If like I, I'm not like I like playing golf, mm-hmm. like playing real like golf for real. But and I actually don't mind the video games. But I'm not one to like sit and watch a golf match for three hours or or anything like that. So I wouldn't say that I'm like a hardcore enthusiast of golf. So down like buying full price a golf game is really not mm. within my mm-hmm. my interest. Yeah, yeah. Um, I missed a news point, and we don't need to touch on it. Real, I just want the listeners to know this is a thing. Um, it doesn't count as news, I guess, but I'm a really big Strider fan. They did a Strider remake uh, or a, a new Strider game back on the PS3, and it was fantastic. But um, back in the day, Capcom, uh, old de- old developers from Capcom, Capcom back in the day, they they left Capcom. They put together this game, this arcade game cabinet, and the game was called Osman, O-S-M-A-N. Um, it was also known as Cannon Dancer in other c- countries, but uh, this game was like lost time um they are releasing it now on ps5 and ps4 so the game's going to include save states and rewind features it's verbatim one for one exactly what the arcade cabinet was but it's just kind of cool to see a way to play this game so i'm i don't know what the price point's going to be but i don't know when it's coming out either but they're doing it and if you're a fan of strider like i am this game looks awesome i don't remember ever playing this in the in the arcade i was probably too young and if i did i probably just thought it was strider and didn't know any better so, looks cool. Yeah. yeah, the PS4 remake of Strider was really good. I think we got it on PS Plus or something like that. So it was, good. It was pretty pretty good. Yeah. In fact, I think I've got a video of me beating one of the bosses on our YouTube channel. If you want to look it up, I think I have a Strider playlist. If you want to see what that game's all about. Um, really, really enjoyed it. So, that's all I got for the day. Jake, that's all you have, maybe. Uh, I don't know. It's been a good episode. Um you know, we're a little over an hour and a uh, nice, concise episode for another episode of uh, another episode of another episode of the, the show. I don't know, man. I'm uh, I'm sore from moving that tub out and I have a gig tonight to play. It's a songwriter night. Um, so I again, just trading off songs with uh, one after the next with the Donnie, Donnie Consola, who I uh, did a split record with. Um, we're playing at my buddy uh, Mike's uh, Distillery. Have you been there yet? Uh, I have not been to the distillery yet. No, it's really nice. It's cool. They Is got it? weird hours right now, but tonight should be a good time. Oh my god, I'm so, so just doing this hurts. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I don't know, man. That's all I got. Jake, do you got anything left for the listeners? Nope. Uh, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to go fucking maybe eat something and then lay down because yeah. I feel like crap. I so, hope you feel better. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I really hope that I can kind of get it together for this afternoon because I really want to spend some time outside. It's it's supposed to be nice this weekend. Actually, mm. it's supposed to be nice this whole week. Mm. But uh I've got a tree that needs cut up from the storm and all kinds of crap. So I'm not going to complain too bad if I can't go outside, but it'd be nice to be nice to get out of the way, get some sun on you. Yeah. Might actually make you feel better. Maybe. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to episode 200, 271 of PS. This is awesome. A PlayStation podcast. 
Um, if you're new to the show, I hope you enjoyed it. If you are a returning listener, um, or watcher rather, um, you know, thank you for coming back and listening to us shoot the breeze about video games on a Saturday. This episode will air on Monday for non-patrons and maybe a little sooner for patrons. We'll see when I can get it uploaded. But again, you guys can go subscribe to that for a dollar a month and, uh, I hope you do. And uh, if you don't, there's no love lost. And uh, with that out of the way, I only got one left, one last thing to say here. Um, like Firewall, Ultra, Flashback, and Frogan. P.S. Yes. This is awesome. This is awesome.